AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Doug Hamilton. Doug is the head of AI research and chief data scientist for NASDAQ. Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, JP. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Doug, uh, let's start with yourself, uh, a background of your journey, how you first got involved in technology, uh, some of the roles you've held along the way, taking us up to where you're currently at, leading all things AI at NASDAQ. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, the journey I took to technology is kind of longer and winding than many. Um, I actually started off my career in the Air Force um, in a sort of technology role in that I was a technician working on the equipment that worked on the equipment that worked on the airplane. So fairly far away in a calibration lab. After the Air Force, I pursued or while in the Air Force and then afterwards, I pursued a degree in mathematics from University of Illinois. Uh, I was fairly certain at the time that I wanted to be a theoretician. So took a lot of coursework in real analysis, uh, topology, complex numbers, that sort of thing, uh, until I had this wonderful internship uh, where I was working in the astronomy department, studying the, a star that's kind of in its last phases of life, and found that there was absolutely no earthly uh, application of that knowledge whatsoever, uh, and that I was completely bored and I had no desire to be an academic anymore. Uh, so there I was with one semester left in, in school studying math, uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life now, uh, and fell into a software development role with a company called Fast Enterprises. Uh, as a software developer with them, I, I learned two things. The first was I really liked building stuff. That reminded me that I really enjoyed building highly technical things. Uh, but two was I didn't want to be a software developer. There wasn't a lot of room to kind of flex the mathematical muscles that I'd uh, spent developing over the last few years. So. I went to grad school um, at MIT after the software development role, enrolled in the system design and management program, where I studied systems engineering with a focus on operations research. From there, uh, I ended up working at Boeing, standing up an advanced analytics lab uh, within their manufacturing sector, um, which is kind of cool. Got to watch airplanes roll by me all day while we worked on dat heavy data problems and figuring out uh, how we could use uh, the notes made by mechanics to make our operations smoother. Um, and after a couple of years of doing that, I landed with NASDAQ, uh, where I've been working with in financial services, applying data and AI to make financial markets safer, um, and more transparent, and easier to interact with. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, you're right. Certainly not the traditional approach of computer science into your first role, but nonetheless, great to hear that. Um, another good example of career pivots based on knowing what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy and can often lead to some amazing things. So focusing on NASDAQ, look, everyone's familiar with the brand, but I'm sure there's a lot that people don't know about what you guys do. So I, I'd love for you to give us some insight into the inside look of the data team as a whole, what you guys are, are doing with leveraging you know, machine learning, AI, and, uh, and how it's impacting the financial markets globally. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, usually when I'm having this conversation with people, I always start off by reminding them that 
fun as it might be, we actually don't trade on our own exchange. So we're not a trading firm. And that's usually the first, the first myth that I dispel. I, I think about us in terms of uh, three different areas that we're working on. One is providing insights into data that's coming out of NASDAQ's markets. The second is building tools and technologies that enable um, financial, player, financial players, as well as other markets to uh, work. So we provide software that powers 47 plus markets around the world. Uh, and we also provide software that assists with regulatory technology for many, many uh, large asset managers, uh, bankers and broker dealers around the world as well. And then finally, uh, the area that we look to have an impact in is kind of ecosystem plays. So these are how we can use AI to differentiate our markets from other people's markets, right? Which is not the easiest thing in the world because markets are kind of a commodity thing, right? You don't really care if you're a trader, you don't really care where you make the trade so long as you get the best price you possibly can. So as a result, uh, we're looking to see how we can use AI to um, differentiate our market. I think a great example of how we can use data, how we've used data and AI uh, to really find unique and interesting insights into our market comes from a product we released, one of the first products we released called Trading Insights. Uh, Trading Insights is a product that um, lets uh, particularly high and medium frequency traders understand how much, how much uh, alpha they're losing because of their latency. And here we use AI to provide, uh, and machine learning really to provide benchmarking for how you are performing compared to your peers um, based on your activity and your peers' activity. Uh, and that's something that really we couldn't do with just heuristics or rules-based systems by themselves. When it comes to things like um, the technology that we can provide elsewhere in the world, there what we're really looking at are things like our, um, our surveillance program where we're enhancing, uh, we're enhancing our smart systems with artificial intelligence um, that allows it to search for bad actors in the markets more efficiently, uh, find them and it helps to keep both markets, banks, brokers, and, and trading considerably fair and, and increasingly free of uh, you know, market manipulative activities. And finally, when we think about our ecosystem plays, here we're really looking at how we can use AI in a variety of ways, whether it's how we can use AI to improve quoting services, how we can use AI to manage our markets more, more smartly, better, or generally better. Um, and those sorts of things really provide kind of differentiate, help provide differentiation between this very commodity thing of trading two assets together um, for, for, the, uh, for the clients of our market, the traders and market makers that, are, that allow all the activity to occur. Great. No, that was really helpful to, to visualize some examples behind those three areas of the insights, tools, and ecosystems. Um, from your time joining, you entered NASDAQ as a senior data scientist, um, and you've since advanced up the ranks to now heading up the whole organization. Um, I, I'd love for you to talk us through that journey, what it was like, and how it's evolved from when you first entered the organization. What led to you being able to step up into, into such senior roles and in such yeah. a short period of time? You know, what are the do's and don'ts? What were some of the challenges that you faced along the way? So we'll start off with kind of the journey. Um, I joined the company, as you mentioned, just over three years ago, and the team had been around for about a year. There's a few things that I think occurred that allowed me to slot into that manager role a little more naturally. Uh, one would certainly be, you know, I have not just the technology experience, but also uh, some, some of the experience um, from the military and from my past life as a software developer as well that kind of, give me a little more, uh, you know, just 
generally a little more experience working than a lot of the people that I was with. Um, at the same point in time, I think that what we noticed was when we first started as a group, we were largely revolved, most of our work revolved around analysis. So this is, um, you know, we, we were really spun up to do data onboarding. So you'd get some data as part of our alternative data business, check out a data set, bring it, um, bring it into the market, and uh, or rather test it out, see if there's value there, alpha that can be found, trading strategies that can be found. Um, and then if, if so, we'd bring it to a market through a product we have the time called analytics of. Uh, over time, what we realized is that um, while you know, there's certainly an interesting value prop there, there's an interesting business there, uh, there's a much wider scope that we can affect if we pivot from being an analysis group towards an automation group. And we focus on how we can use cogn modern cognitive services, modern artificial intelligence to automate and scale our businesses. Um, and since at the time, uh, frankly, I, I was doing a lot of the work on the actual automation portions of how do we automatically extract alpha from, uh, from, the, from the alternative data that we we're onboarding, uh, how do we do things like automate various portions of uh, index management, um, it was kind of a natural fit in that way as well. Challenges, oh man, are there challenges. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so first, it, it's never fun um, suddenly becoming the boss of your peers. Um, it's always, a, it, it's an it was an interesting, and I'd say it was rocky transition at first. Um, you know, there's some standard pitfalls along the way. There's always, I feel like anytime something like this happens, there's always somebody who leaves the company because they thought they were going to get the role. Um, and then, so they leave and you have to deal with that. And, um, you know, there's also some challenges, uh, just moving from a position where you're expected to be the smartest person in the room, which is really your job as an individual contributor to really moving into a supporting role where you sit back and let other people shine. And, um, I can tell you for me, initially, that was a difficult thing to do, uh, because I really do love building the technology so much. I'd say the, the last thing that made it very difficult is, um, my, my predecessor and I have very different personalities. Um, I'd, I'd say my, you know, the person who had the role before is a much more agreeable person and being agreeable has many advantages um, in a lot of ways and I'm a much more disagreeable person, um, believe it or not. And I think there's some adjustment there as well. Um, but I'd, I'd say, you know, over time, the way that we kind of, we, we navigated that transition was by um, having an increased focus on delivery, making sure we we're keeping all of our business partners incredibly happy uh, and, and it's kind of successfully leading us towards this, this vision of away from analysis and towards automation. Um, that's really made for uh, some very exciting uh, things in the works currently. Well, thank you for, for talking us through that. Um, and I appreciate the, 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 the candid candidness on the challenges. You know, I'm sure anyone who has found themselves in a leadership position will, will, will resonate with what you've just said. Um, you talked about the transition from analysis to automation. So I'd love for you to, to give us some insight into what that's been like. But taking into account what you and I spoke previously, what are you enjoying most about that evolution and, and overall just the, the, the challenges that you face with NASDAQ? You know, what I'm enjoying most about the evolution is that uh, it feels a lot more cutting edge from, it's from the day-to-day -day working on it. It's just, it's a lot more about, executing on incredibly high performance models, uh, both in terms of their ability to make predictions, understand the world, uh, and, and exercise control over uh, the various systems that they're targeted on. Um, 
so that part of it's super cool, right? We are we are using kind of the latest and greatest algorithms in almost everything we do. Very oftentimes we have to invent our own models, um, not totally from scratch, right? You know, you, but we don't get to use pre-existing architectures for almost anything we do. Um, so that part of it all super cool. The other part of it that's really cool from a non-technical side is when we look at the businesses that we provide as a as a company. NASDAQ historically has uh, kind of had a large customer base, obviously with other markets around the world who need software, as well as large institute, large institutions in the buy side. Uh, and when we think of, start thinking about automation, even, even light versions of it, what we can start thinking about is how we take some of the services that we currently can only provide to these very large players and provide it to smaller and smaller firms and to the, to the retail investor as well. Uh, or to these, or to smaller asset managers as well. Sometimes we refer to this as the march from Wall Street to Main Street um, as, as our focus, uh, and the the ability to do that through automation is just it's uh, it's something I'm kind of passionate about personally. Um, as far as the challenges that are associated with it, uh, when you when you're in analysis group, you can well to be frank, you can be a little sloppy in how you code, right? Because everything's kind of one off. You do you do some analysis, you put together a presentation. You put together a white paper um, and then you move on with your life. And then the next data set comes in, the next analysis target comes in and you repeat, right? And it's, it's, a, it's much more of a uh, client or almost consult, internal consulting or service-based role uh, versus as an automation focus group where really what you're focused on is software as a almost model as a service or a software as a service role. So, you know, our standards for software development and model development is, have had to increase. Our standards for how we deploy and manage deployments have all become more rigorous as well. You and I spoke previously about, you know, why NASDAQ is such a great place to work, particularly within the within what you do and, and playing with yeah. data. Um, obviously, the, the volume alone um, is, is one part, but also the continuous evolution and, and working with the, the newest and greatest uh, algorithms. As you're now leading that whole practice and you, you came in as an individual contributor, you've moved into a leadership role and you've now been responsible for growing the team from from when it started to, to what it is now. Can you give us some insights into what it's like to be a member of the team, how, you, how you've how you built out this data team, what it looks like, how and how you get the maximum uh, impact from them? That's a really interesting story. And I think it's, in a lot of ways, it's a story about a maturing technology as well, or a maturing technology stack around AI. So when I joined the team, I think we had, you know, we had two software engineers who were dedicated to it were quantitative engineers, and then we had four data scientists. Um, and they were all on, they were on a semi-consolidated team uh, working on kind of this one, one project that we had at the time. And like I said, you know, it was very analysis focused and our data and our software team was kind of responsible for bringing data into the environment and, and um, you know, writing, writing some of the test scripts. And then we were responsible for the analysis. I think really what's occurred though over the years is Two things. Well, one or three things. One, the team has grown. So instead of being kind of this group of four data scientists and two software engineers, we were now uh, six full-time data scientists, six full-time software engineers, a handful of uh, externs, so people who are on you know a co-op program basically. Uh, and right now, you know, we also have six interns that are on the team as well. So a considerable amount of growth. Also, the other thing that's occurred is that we've had some specialization, right? Or, or better bifurcation between tasks. So it's not just one consolidated team anymore. Now we have a team of data engineers and quantitative engineers who are responsible for things like 
utilizing the cognitive computing services offered by large technology companies, ensuring those work for certain automation tasks, as well as taking the uh, research models that we build, putting them in, uh, into production, um, building and you know, various data engineering tasks. Uh, they recently launched a project, a product called, um, it was called Market Data in the Cloud, I believe it's now called NASDAQ Cloud Data Services, which is our very first data delivery mechanism that is cloud enabled or 100% cloud enabled. So they've become much more focused in that area. And what's been nice is then for us, we become much more focused on the data science work, right? On, on AI research, on making sure that we're using, uh, on making sure that our models are incredibly high performant, that our uh, algorithms are incredibly high performant, et cetera. And then the last thing that's occurred, that's kind of cool, is within the team, we've seen an increased growth in specialization as well. So just like we've seen this bifurcation between the software engineering and data science team to allow for greater specialization, within the team, we've seen areas of expertise arise around quantitative finance, around uh, natural language processing, around, uh, around reinforcement learning, et cetera. Um, and while certainly everybody knows a little bit of everything, we, we have many more experts in specific fields as well that we can lean on as we, um, as we go out to engage with our internal and external clients um, to source new products, projects, source new products, and deliver value. Excellent. Um, it's changed a lot in the three years that you've been there. Yeah. Um, what are you most excited about looking ahead? What's in store? Um, what are the big projects? And obviously, the innovation and advancement of, of AI, data science, particularly in the world of financial services, it's going at rapid pace and you guys yeah. are a part of that. So what are you looking forward to? What, what, what gets you excited about everything? Yeah, absolutely. So I think from a perspective of what NASDAQ is doing, the areas I'm most excited about are a few of our, kind of three of our core initiatives. Uh, one is our Markets Everywhere initiative. And this is really how do we take the core, our core notion of financial markets and expand it to non-financial assets. And there's a number of reasons why this is a very complicated thing to do and why we need AI in order to do it. Um, but the ability to bring kind of the efficiency, the, the ruthless price discovery efficiency of modern financial markets to you know, anything from how we buy and sell sneakers to how airlines uh, hedge, against, uh, hedge against price risk in, in their tickets is um, something that's kind of cool. The next area that I'm very excited, always excited about is NASDAQ in a lot of ways is the original fintech company, right? We, our heritage is that we started as the world's first electronic exchange and we have only ever been an electronic exchange, right? Never had a trading floor, at least on the equity side. Um, so this is what we do. We are, we are through and through a fintech firm at our core. And part of that heritage is making sure that we're always pushing the envelope in terms of what a financial market can do whether that's been historically with uh, always making sure we have some, you know, the fastest connections possible, the lowest latency trading that you can find, or finding new ways to differentiate our markets from other markets using AI um, to make them more efficient, uh, simpler to interact with for our clients, um, or just being able to offer, you know, services to our clients that no one else possibly can. And then I think outside of those two areas, you know, the area that I think I'm most excited about NASDAQ as a whole is, you know, there's a growing, there's a growing interest in AI governance and AI ethics. And, um, you know, our ability to help shape the conversation around AI governance and AI ethics in a way that is, um, you know, helpful use, that's helpful uh, and, you know, 
doesn't just think about uh, what you know the, what the banks need or what what uh, clients need or or what you know various groups around around the world might need or technology companies need. But really, the fact that we have this purview over the entire financial ecosystem, um, I think, gives us a unique view into uh, how we set up the future of AI ethics and governance that other people just don't have. Amazing. Final question for you, Doug. Um, for anyone listening uh, to this who has the viewpoint of, oh, you've got to be interested in finance. You've got to have a background in finance to work in finance. As somebody who has come in from a, a non-traditional background, you're working in it, and you've talked about how you've brought in all these different personalities with different skill sets. What advice or, or what could you say to those who are, are potentially considering next career moves and maybe you haven't thought about you know, fintech as a, as a space? Can you, can you give us some insight into it? To, and why they should be looking at it as a, as a place to evolve. I guess I'll start off by saying, I don't think I know anybody in financial technology who started off in financial technology, right? Um, you know, uh, the very typical person we, we, we find is, you know, they, they were studying physics and then one day they decided they were sick of eating ramen. So they wanted to go into finance or what I like to joke is I tried to save the world and, um, you know, got bored, so I end up in finance. Um, but really, you can actually do a lot. Of, obviously, you can do a lot of great work in, in the world of financial technology um, and, and just making the way that money moves around the world easier, simpler, and, and cheaper, right? Which is, it turns out, a very, very important thing if you want to do things like alleviate poverty in the third world or, or make sure that, um, you know, disaffected people have access to capital to go do things. Being able to move money around, super important. So what I, you know, what would I recommend people do? One, I, I'd recommend that people um, kind of short the myth on uh, finance a little bit. Uh, you certainly work very hard, um, but you know, it's not, it's not just a bunch of people thinking about how they can uh, make rich people more money. It's people thinking about how we can actually make the financial system better. For people who are interested in getting in, I'd highly recommend becoming um, familiar with uh, the terminology of financial markets, with the terminology of finance more broadly. Um, to think about, to think about how, to think about how they think about risk, and try to understand the ways that they might think about risk better. Risk management is a huge area where, um, in financial technology, where uh, both quantitative and quantitative computational and software-based acumen can be enormously helpful. Um, you know, the last thing I'll suggest, and this is basically what I did, is I picked up a copy of uh, a book. I think it's called A Primer on Financial Engineering. I read it every day at lunch, and then I started applying to jobs. Um, so there we go. There's there's three things you can do. One, short short the myths about finance, and, and realize that you can actually do a lot of great work here, in spite of the fact that it is a ton of work. Um, two, uh, become familiar with ter the terminology of financial markets and risk management, and then finally, uh, get, get a book on the subject and start reading, start working your way through, and you know you'll find your way here. And good things can come from it. Doug, this has been great. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for talking us through not just your own background, but uh, what's happening at NASDAQ. Incredibly exciting stuff. And uh, we look forward to what you guys are going to continue to accomplish. Perfect. Thank you very much, JP. AI in Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aldus.com. Get the Aldus Advantage. 
Become a member of the Aldous community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldous member and get the Aldous advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldous.com. That's www.aldous.com. Aldous International, empowering through AI.